What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster DeFace, and we are back with another episode today, bringing you guys all that Fortnite content and coverage for all our listeners returning here today from Apple Radio, iOS, of course, the downloads, Spotify, uh, I don't know, Amazon, Alexa, wherever it is you guys tune in from. We appreciate you guys. We thank you all. This week, of course, we have SMG and Life of Panda returning back on the mic. Somebody's gun was missing last week, and we'll get to touch base on what he was basically up to for the last episode that he ended up missing. But before we get there, Panda, my boy, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, just been a, another crazy week, man. We had a ton of rival shows. We had Gamers Without Borders. So just been very busy. So it, it's nice to, to get to relax a little bit before FNCS. Definitely. We've been casting, had a lot of, I guess, a lot of stuff, some filler content, filler episodes, if you will, to keep us busy leading into this <laughs> week's FNCS. Uh, what about yourself, Somebody's Gun? Man, I've been good. Uh, I've been doing a lot of helping my parents move in recently. They just bought a place by the beach. So, you know, you, you got to put in the work. They're getting a little older. Got to help my parents get into their new house. Beautiful, by the way. Like, I'm going to be spending a lot of time there, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> hey, more reason to go back home and enjoy their perks, man. Take over. F it. It's all you. But, uh, yeah, no, it's cool, man. It's cool. Glad, glad you got to spend some family time, some quality time, because, uh, yeah, work for us is all about to get pretty crazy as we have FNCS coming right around the corner. As you guys all know, Somebody's Gun Life of Pan have been pretty much picked up as some of the more recurring talent, which is sick. So happy to see you guys on that FNCS announcement which we had already dropped in air. The Fortnite competitive has been pretty communicative, I'd say, with uh, kind of this roadmap leading up. We had a couple announcements, hyping up the FNCS, a few things, talking about the qualifiers, and, of course, this new format that we're leading into. And let's kind of kick that all off. Today, we're recording. It's um, it's the 3rd. It's the 3rd of May. Yesterday, the 2nd, was the kickoff of the qualifiers, for those of you guys listening in. And we had... I'd say a fair amount of things go down, right? So for the first time now, we're looking at this new qualifier, which essentially is a longer first format. But it doesn't seem like this is going to be the end ball, be all type of way you can qual, because for the first time, we're seeing a second type of format come out for qualifier two, three, leading into semis and whatnot. And that's a more condensed version to try to fit, I guess, within this weird timeline. So let's kind of start with what is this four-stage first qualifier um i mean gun i'll leave it with you to kind of just let's just kick it off yeah so we basically have four qualifiers over or we have qualifier one qualifier two and qualifier three so before i start going out there explaining what's going on qualifier one is spread out throughout the entire week so we're playing on the second the fourth the fifth and the sixth each one is one round for qualifier one so it's a little different than what we see. Normally, it's spread out through a weekend or you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're skipping Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday. So this is the off day for FNCS. And then the other two qualifiers are two rounds Saturday, two rounds Sunday. So it's like rapid fire. We have this extended qualifier for qualifier one. And then the other two are shortened into our normal weekends where we're seeing you know, more traditional style of qualifier. I I don't know. I, I've always been a fan of the weekends because it just seems like it's so much going on. But this could also be an awesome format as well. I, I'd like to know your, your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm not sure. I'm indifferent, right? Because it's all taking place right now. 
And obviously, for those at home that don't realize, like last season, it was three rounds. Now it's four rounds per qualifier, right? Last season, it was two qualifiers. Now it's three qualifiers. So it's a, almost a completely different qualification process. But like Monster and I have talked about, like in seasons past, it's always better to have those additional like routes to funnel players through because you get better quality lobbies when it comes to that final qualifier round. So I, I think in that case and having those four rounds in one qualifier, I think there's value in that. However, I think it's very weird um, that it's all like during the week. And I think that also affects the amount of players that can be involved. I know that's going to be one of the conversations we talk about shortly, but I think ultimately when you don't have it on a weekend where, where kids don't have to worry about homework and, and everything else going on, you're going to see a lower player count. You're going to see lower participation and uh, you're going to see uh, probably a little bit lower hype too. But with all the, the changes and stuff, man, the community has just been nonstop talking about what's going on with FNCS. Yeah. And I've heard some feedback. I say from the players just talking about, Hey man, I wish it just started a week earlier. So I didn't have to play on a Monday. That was like one of the things uh, the players were definitely bringing up these. Again, I think it just lends to some confusion to happen because for the first time ever, what would normally be a cash cup day that people would just overlook a Monday is now like a major day. Like that's a major calendar date. You have to lock it in. You have to play on it. Um, and for most pro players, unfortunately, you kind of have to drop responsibility in order to make these events happen. I know some of the pro players were talking about traveling last weekend and like enjoying some of the weekend out and doing some stuff abroad, but they were like, I can't, I literally have to be back on Monday. Like I can't even kind of plan this week. Like that's yeah. it. We're in go mode earlier and we ha kind of have to be ready. So it definitely lends for, I think some, some, some confusion and, and people maybe weren't expecting. And then of course, if you are any one of these players here, that's my alarm going off. We are definitely recording right now. If you are any one of these players here, you know, um, you're thinking about these things, right? Kind of leading into it. You want to you wanna get every opportunity possible to qual. And I want to briefly talk about like Fortnite competitive and some of their, I guess, social roadmap and timeline. I feel like the decision was missed in the sense to like really nail home. Like, hey guys, this is a Monday. It's happening this day, this time. For any of the regions, it, we almost have like somewhat of a blanket lead up and social roadmap leading into this. Cool, we had a hype trailer. It was great. We had a dedicated blog post outlining some details. But let's be honest, only the real like zero one percent nerds are gonna like read that stuff. Like me, maybe everyone here on this podcast recording, <laughs> right? Like we're gonna we're gonna go through that and and take a good look at it. But most players aren't, and I think for that they could have done a better job on the Twitter handle, especially promoting, hey, this is the qualifier day. Instead, we had like broadcast days thrown out, uh, you know, tournament starts here, you know, of course, announcing talent and things like that, but not too many graphics and days really pushing the fact that this is your qualifier one roadmap. It begins here, this first stage. Yeah, and, I think and, that would have helped too, especially because I want to correct myself. I said this upcoming qualifier qualifier two and qualifier three are the same it's actually a whole different form or not format but like schedule for each three qualifiers so it's friday saturday sunday for qualifier three it's just saturday sunday for qualifier two just wanted to correct that real quick but even more so to that point like it is confusing especially for a game that is played by mostly younger people so you're thinking they want to see a quick little tweet okay I'm seeing tweet May 3rd, May 4th, May 5th. That's when I need to play. 
And instead, you kind of you got to dive into the rules. You actually have to read things. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe Fortnite's like, hey, we actually want you guys to understand what you're accepting and reading into every single time that you play a tournament rather than just like date, click, ready up. That You know, that that's my only thought process between going behind there. But what you got, Panda? And I want to add to that. I think... Um, the players have to really rely on social media to understand what's going on with FNCS now. Whereas the seasons past, there was a lot of communication within the game. Like, like there is still like minor communication within the game. Like, you know, in the compete tab, you'll see it and stuff like that. But I mean, there should literally be uh, in the little news tab, there should be FNCS, like a schedule breakdown graphic that pops up like something to give the, an additional layer of communication for these players. Because again, not all players are really on social media. Obviously the upper echelon of players are because that's their business, right? Their earnings, etc., And you have to build a social presence around that, but not every single player that has potentially walked away with earnings has been on social. So Twitter as like the sole communication like source is just not functional. That's actually an amazing point that, I guess just blew right over my head. We get so stuck in this uh, world and this norm that we live in that is very niche to us as gamers. We are literally running almost gaming Twitters and gaming personas online that we forget how do you get this regular casual gamer that opens PlayStation or just plays the game regularly into competitive. That's the reason and probably the sole reason behind why there's millions of dollars put behind the broadcast and the media and all these things is to grow this population of player base like Fortnite Zero Builds and Twitch Rivals and the Creator Series. Why do all that if you're not doing the most basic thing, which I guess we're going to have to bring this up. Uh, and I'm going to ask Epic about this. Like, hey, guys, whatever happened to using the in-game to like actually bring people? <laughs> because think about it. When FNCS Weekend happens, we're literally put in the creative hub. But how alien is that? When you don't have any kind of promotion in the game telling you, hey, tune in here or, you know, try to play at this. And then maybe if a friend makes it or, you know, like whatever, you can theory craft on how someone can, you know, download and perceive that information. But the, the point is you have the biggest viewer base that's actually opening the game and we don't get any promo there, Panda. Yeah. And I want to add to that too. I, and this is obviously just kind of like a, a pipe dream at this point but but when big third-party tournaments that are reputable like a twitch rivals or a collegiate cup that both have like heavy involvement from epic i feel like those events should also be broadcasted and and news shot through the game i think um it would just add not only another layer of like interest from the community but you also get the buy-in of these third-party tournament organizers that want to put up more effort towards what's going on in the game so I, I just think that's something to think about obviously that could be considered more of a pipe dream yeah than, I uh, think, a reality i think something cool because we have this legends landing which has the permanent mm -hmm. kind of theater screen up top and you can um you know view whatever's active and they're promoting in there but maybe we do need instead of this creative tab like almost like a watch tab which csgo definitely does well they literally have a watch tab in the game and people watch the game regularly um, it yeah. seems like Fortnite's approach is very much invasive <laughs> in a sense. And I hate to say it that way, but like you literally don't ask for it and they will load the little screen on like embedded onto your gameplay and you have to exit out. 
And even then, to do it, it's really weird because you've never really seen it before and there's no explanation behind it. But, you know, you open your menu and there's like a, a basically, I think, a closed tab there or something like that. But um, point being, it is very invasive. There's no setup for it. There's no promotion for it. And it just gets turned on. Um, so there's there's some polishing that needs to be done there. And I think I think what's probably missing is no one's ever really brought it up. And like I said, it's, this, this has just been flying over my head for weeks, months now. Panda just kind of reignited that thought. And almost like, yeah, dude, you're totally right. Like, we should we should totally be talking about this and figuring out better ways to to get that going. But, anyways, that's a huge tangent, guys. That's <laughs> FNCS kicking off, and you can see how passionate we are still about the game. We're always thinking about ways to make it better, and of course, make the experience better. Um, talking about that, we have some player count information coming out. I think this is a, I want to say a reflection of the state of competitive, but it's hard to tell because we have these two very contrasting sides. You have this amazing uh, zero build community that's being developed once again, almost reignited, that's having like the time of their lives and tournaments are looking great. And I mean, player interest is through the roof, right? Um, and then you have the FNCS kicking off, the promotion not quite being exactly there. And it lands on a Monday and the first numbers we get out of this Monday, I mean, let's be honest, we shouldn't expect them to be very good, it's on a Monday. Like, I think that just says it all for me personally. But um, SMG, I know you're probably going to be loading up the stats here. I want to talk about Europe's participation, NA East, NA West, Brazil. I know the numbers out there. Shout out to Fortnite Comp Stats. They actually do some really cool stuff and they crunch some some fun numbers for us. But um, yeah, where are we right now? So it was really surprising to see these numbers because of just the vast span. So EU had about 21,000. NA East was at 6,100 or 6,100. NA West was about 3,000. Brazil was about 2,500. Asia was about 5,000. OCE was about 1,500 people. So compare that to what we've seen in the past. I mean, last season, NA East was almost double. But we also have to think what was going on last season that was different than this one and what's currently going on now that has maybe changed things so like the big one to me is the the massive amount of time we had before fncs leading up to last season so obviously that's gonna play into a piece um and secondly this is also if you're in school typically like the most difficult time of the year with finals and things going on as a lot of these players are and I'm not trying to make excuses, just trying to understand. And lastly, obviously, it's on a Monday, which I'm looking at the numbers, comparing it to what we saw in a catch cup for, let's just take NA East, for example. So FNCS, 6,186 teams participated. Last cash cup, 6,293 teams participated. So almost the exact same number of players participating on a Monday. So it's it's pretty similar in a sense, we'll see. I'm more interested on the weekend's numbers, where they land. And think about that, right? The cash cup prizing is like dirt. Like, you have to go through a multi-stage cash cup to get to like $600 if you win first place. And that's split between probably you and your teammate. And even if that, guys, it's really not that good. That's any ease I'm referring to. And those numbers are the same as the FNCS, which is... 10, 15, 20x the amount, like we're talking millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars opportunity. And that goes to just show us 
Doesn't matter if there's a broadcast and content being filmed by the end of this whole thing. Doesn't really matter what the number is, the cost. I mean, if you don't promote it correctly, in my opinion, that's why we have the same players showing up. Because like I said, it's like showing up for your regular Monday cash cup. You know you expect the tournament to be ready, and that's what you're queuing into. But I think some people were probably surprised to find that, whoa, this is this is an FNCS qualifier. I'm just going to play that because there's no cash cup today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter-argue this a little bit. Now, uh, obviously, when I talked about it before, I talked about how, uh, in my opinion, it was because it was in the week and, and it was kind of a, an odd structure. But we had a zero-build duos lightning cup, so something that would match the format of what we see in FNCS, but zero-build. And we had uh, over 16,000 participating teams. That is 10,000 more participating teams for a zero build cup than there was for qualifier one round one of FNCS. Now, but, but when you play like a lightning cup or something like that, usually what's attached to it is some kind of skin reward at the end of it. It's almost, you're playing for instant gratification. I would say. I think lightning cups are prizes, like actual cash prizes. No. It but, depends. Uh, I mean, more so like that day, there's almost like a yeah. different expectation. It's like all oh, these unique cups. There's usually some kind of different instant gratification prizing at the end of it, as opposed to any Monday event, even cash cup. There's no instant gratification because you know, you are playing to qualify to another stage. Like that yeah. is, that's almost like a strictly competitive day. And you know, for a fact, this is going to lead to some other, it's an investment. You like, you know, it doesn't end here. I have to do well here and it takes it to the next level. It's like a different level of, seriousness involved in that monday tournament as opposed to any lightning cup or any one round pop off that you can just do well and, and almost just you know that whole fortnite story anyone can win mentality and you just kind of go for it um very interesting though that's three times the amount of people right sixteen thousand, yeah. you know just about around that number um a staggering amount we've already seen posts right i think official posts from comp talking about uh there's more to happen with zero build or like there, you know, it's not off the table, essentially what could be maybe its own dedicated FNCS or something crazy like that. Uh, I do think we'll see an official tournament series track by the end of this. Maybe these numbers, especially like these zero build lightning cup numbers or whatever coming out, will um, push that narrative a little bit further, maybe push the agenda a lot faster. And one thing we do have to point out is those lightning cups typically don't have any sort of like pre-required amount of arena points or anything to play. So there's no like minimum level of effort required to put forward before playing. Um, and they also, I think FNCS has a minimum account level of 50. So if you're like new to the game, you can't even play in FNCS, whereas the lightning cups have a lower requirement for that so that's also something to take into account because anyone can play in those pop-up cups and the lightning cups where not necessarily everyone can play in a an fncs and to add to that because that was a really good point i decided to look at some of the other lightning cups and while like some of them are lower there are participation rates that are actually higher than the zero build and and ironically enough the architect one had a mm. higher team player base than zero build and if you if you know about that architect uh play mode that's not the uh, most popular amongst the community amongst the top tier pros but i think that's that's the whole thing about fortnite it's like hey we don't really 
yeah, we care about what you think, but at the end of the day, it's clear that people would like more people are interested in the chaos. And that's like what Architect Cup is, which for, if you're listening for the first time, you're wondering, what are you guys talking about? The Architect Cup basically had this very unique rule where, yeah, you can build and do all this stuff like usual, but anyone can actually edit the build. So it's a neutral build where you can take an opponent's wall and edit it and fight him or vice versa. He can just decide, oh yeah, okay, you want to put a metal wall down? I'm going to edit my way into your box. So like no one's safe. You can't really hide anywhere. Very unique tournament and idea and format there. But um, that that's pretty much kind of where we are right now, I guess with FN's stats and, and kind of the player count with this kickoff. Um, really hard, I think, to pinpoint where we are. Like we said, there's a there's there's pros and cons on both sides. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, but we had this prerequisite and this requirement. But then again, is it the date? Is it the promotion, right? Um, I feel like maybe as the weeks go on, this will continue to flesh itself out. We'll figure out, okay, do we have more teams next weekend? I Let's take an early prediction there. Do we expect more teams to play next weekend? It's a weekend. It begins. It's fresh. Should we expect more? Do we think we're going to see a same number? Would we be more surprised if we see less numbers? Panda, I'll start with you. Um, I'm going to say that we will see higher numbers, without a doubt. I think when you have a choice, right, why would you, number one, go through the first qualifier when you can learn what other players did? You can kind of observe and see, like, get an idea of how many points it's going to take to get through each qualifier, etc., Number two, qualifier two is on a weekend. Qualifier three is on a weekend, meaning that it is way more convenient for these players that are in school to get through, get up, get involved, and get through it, right? So I definitely think we'll see higher player bases. And I also think we'll see more unique players across the board uh, because, again, there are three qualifier opportunities. So uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but, Gunn, what are you thinking? I'm with you. Uh, same thing, uh, especially spreading out over four days. If I have one thing that I can't do across any of those four days, I'm probably not even going to bother playing the, the first one. So yeah. it's like it, sh it should be higher, but I would be surprised if um, it's lower. And hey, you got you to gotta be ready to face the, the music sometimes, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, again, we, we don't really know. So we'll we'll keep watching. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll also be even more surprised if we get a tweet that there is a qualifier next weekend and the date and the time and the update. I think that's the thing I want to be most interested on because besides whether or not the players can figure it out, I think it's still in the hands of the publisher of Epic of Fortnite and whomever is in charge of this social timeline to say, did we, we need to promote this, right? Like let's get some players in there. People need to know what date it is, what time it is and make it very black and white. And don't forget this is the international game, right? So it's kind of, interesting to see sometimes other regions get different uh attention or, or different you know atten attention detail essentially yes and in, in how things are played and that's also what plays into like how leaks sometimes happen on like a french twitter and they're like oh check this out like someone forgot to remove this from the you know the social map or whatever uh because everything's so compartmentalized but yes we'll see if na or any of the english handles get a promotional tweet hopefully they do that's going to be an important one um, leading into some of the other stuff, of course, though, we do have a lot of game changes. We already seen some adjustments. The announcement of vehicles and flame getting removed or fire to terrain getting removed from Fortnite Competitive, I think is the biggest of the what we've seen. And this is because it's pretty clear they have not figured out a way to address server performance. And we've had a lot of bad server performance so close to the FNCS. I think as close as we've ever seen it. 
again, so drastic to the fact that they had to say, all right, well, I guess emergency DEFCON button number one, turn off the cars, hit DEF button number two, to <laughs> remove the fire and the flame mechanic. Like, what comes next? I, I already see pros talking about, hey, while you're at it, turn off those IO guards. And, you know, they, they keep coming out with stuff. But what do you guys think about that? Oh, man. It's, uh, look, I'm all about server performance. So if you're going to find, if it is a guaranteed way to improve super server performance, absolutely get it, get it adjusted, right? But now, mm -hmm. do no vehicles make the game more competitive? See, that's where the problem lies, right? If you look at number one, all these pro players have been practicing with vehicles for the extent, like the entire extent of this season, right? So to have them removed so closely to FNCS is going to impact the way they play their game. Number two, there's not a ton of rotational items. We had the, the Spider-Man web slingers last season, and, and now you're you're at the, the mercy of, will I get a launch pad? And that's really your only true form of rotation. And with the, the burst assault rifle in the game and, and that thing being able to tag up players as it does, you either have to use a ton more builds to rotate in the mid game or you're going to fall victim to, to that burst because it definitely hits if you're on the receiving end, if you're that target. Yeah, I would agree with you, especially like I think the burst played well with the vehicles, making it harder to shoot someone during those rotations. But if you're just out on foot, I don't know that the burst really plays into like almost a no movement meta because all we really we, we do have tactical sprinting. You know, that's that's a big new change. But at the end of the day, it's really not much different than a left foot, right foot rotation that we were making in the in the past. Uh, I don't like these changes this close to FNCS. I understand they had to happen for performance, but ultimately the performance was still poor at the beginning of the season and the past few weeks that we had, like we could have had some more adjustments, especially now, like, some of the major changes happening today, we had a buff to the striker pump shotgun. So they're doing more damage, especially headshot damage. It went from a 1.2 multiplier to a 1.5 multiplier. So the gold puts out 185 to the head. And that's a pretty significant buff to, I believe it was 165 previously. Yeah. I think, yeah. So I think it was 165. that is, that is pretty significant. That makes sense. 164. So the 1.2 math, boom, my man. Um, <laughs> But that is pretty significant. Tilted is getting destroyed as part of the storyline. Wow. That is also a huge piece. And they're, they're removing the rest of the cars. The IO cars are going as well. But that's not happening until May 17th. So that's right before semifinals. Or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm wrong with that. But I, I read they plan on doing that right before semifinals for the IO cars. And I'm, I'm confused, boys. Yeah, there was, there was definitely some headliner out there like, and all the cards aren't even gone yet. And we have to just kind of play with this state of the game. And the fact that Epic kind of addressed vehicles leading to what could be a potential server performance kind of leaves the pro players with this, again, already predetermined narrative of like, we know it's linked to cars and these extra things. Um, just turn them off. Why do we have to play qualifiers with them when you already know it's an issue? And that's kind of like one of those things that are currently bubbling. And to just touch on the shotgun, yes, that is a significant change to have leading into a competitive season because now we have, again, less time to really, I guess, run the simulations, right? Play style, does it make an impactful difference? Will you be missing out if you, you know, decide to just go the regular SMG route the way you have been? Or 
you know, will you stand to benefit because you decide, you know what, I'm going to trust in this striker shotgun. It feels really good. And it's the better weapon to use in a box fight now or whatever, right? Kind of like going back to the standard of Fortnite play, I think, you know, kind of like maybe two or three seasons ago where shotgun was pretty much king for the most part. Um, yes, this is a big change. This is a very big change in the game. And there is imbalance with vehicles being removed and, you know, the burst striker rifle in the game. It has a red dot. It's instant accuracy. And, I mean, you see what players are doing with it in zero build tournaments. Like, Fortnite Creator Series is a great example. If you are on the dropship and you see any player, they are losing all of their HP very fast. Skilled teams open fire together. They're really not missing. They're going to double up on you. The fire rate is respectable. The damage is even better. So... These changes come at a unique time. It could have definitely come a lot sooner. And I, I'm just just extremely curious as to how this is going to play out, if the game's going to shift from now to when we hit semifinals, like the meta, of course. And then, of course, yeah. more so like how the players are going to feel and, and perform on this kind of new setting. And to add to that, it was an entire shotgun rework. So while we talked a lot about the striker pump, the drum shotgun got a bit of a, of a buff, which is uh, scary, uh, to say the least. Cause unnecessary. Obviously, listen, it was very unnecessary, but I haven't seen it play out. So I, I'm not like in a position to be like, now See? it's broken or whatever the case may be, because we, we don't know what it's looking like. But our first chance to look at it is going to be round two of qualifier one. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And that's my point right there. We have not gotten to see how does this play <laughs> out like you cheat like these are some significant changes that like drum shock and that one i missed that one but hello that's a strong weapon now it's probably a, a pretty good weapon to rely on in in a in a box fight or just like when you jump on an unsuspecting player out of a bush or whatever a uh, jump shotgun can be very devastating super super interested in in how that works out um and again this all kind of just leads into this 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 is Fortnite fncs competitive like kickoff and we are off to a wild start like that is just guys when it comes down to competitive integrity yeah it's in the air right now like you have the old Fortnite coming out the old epic map changes uh literal stat changes to weapons mid qualifiers stuff like that so i know the players are thinking what the heck is going on how did we end up here but this is where we're at so it is going to be exciting either way to to watch it play out um and yeah that's just the beginning but moving on to some other things i guess we can continue to touch on um team dignitas is an interesting one they are a notable esports organization been in the game for shoot i don't know maybe 10 years i'm just spitballing here but counter-strike days is where i recognize team dignitas from and counter-strike's been around for like 20 years so you know it's safe to say they are one of the earliest top tier esports organizations to emerge out of the space and they do something really cool. They come into Fortnite. So we're looking at, like, we're talking, guys, when you look at esports orgs, like international, truly mega international esports orgs, Team Dignitas, TSM, um, Australis, right? Like, Navi. These are, like, European top-tier esports organizations that have been here since the beginning of esports and helped shape the space. Very few of them jumped into Fortnite a lot of them took the early stab. A lot of the NA orgs, Cloud9, right? Um, TSM, Team Liquid, like all those. Uh, Tempest, Tempest Storm. Or I, I'm forgetting the name of it, but I think it's Tempest Storm. Something like that. Anyways, 
these, I, think, these, I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't think of them off the top of my that head. That was it's owned by an ex Hearthstone professional player. I'm pretty sure it's called Tempestorm. Um, yeah, but again, right. these come from Counter Strike days. They grew to the top of the esports chain. Fortnite was new and hot. So many teams jumped into the space. Even more left. <laughs> and you might be thinking, how's that possible? Yeah, new orgs start and they burn here. So to see Dignitas, <laughs> to see Dignitas try this out, what makes them think? Now's the time, and they can do this. And then with the players they pick up, P-God and Mero. I like the pickups, don't get me wrong. But what makes them think they're any different is my whole point. So I, I want to start on this uh, with a few things. So number one, 18 years of esports as of right now. There it so is. over 10 years of dedicated time in esports. So that's number one. To give them a little, like, to just justify their credibility. Number two, the announcement was was definitely something that had a lot of effort behind it, right? So that's huge. Now you take number three, the players that they picked up. And Dukes. Miro, P-God, and Dukes, and 50. And 50 being one of the more reputable names in management behind the scenes, right? So you pick up a really reputable roster that is very good, aside from maybe Dukes, um, at really pushing their brand, right? And pushing who they are. P-God literally has a Twitch Rivals event. He streams like top tier player. Miro working on trying to create content after moving into a new place. Like that's what he's working on right now. He wants to be like full-time, really focused on content on top of being at the top of the leaderboard with Bugo, right? So th this is a, in my opinion, a really smart move from an org that knows what they're doing. And I have faith that it's going to go well. But my one thing, my one concern, right, is, and they've done this with their other, like, divisions within the, the brand, right? They created a separate Twitter for, for Fortnite. And, and obviously, they're going to promote it from their main Twitter and stuff. But I feel like when you, when you create a separate Twitter, you separate, like, you begin to separate the, the Fortnite fan base to that one Twitter and they lose sight of who you are as an org. So the value from an org standpoint will be less than if it's just solely directed to the one page and one social handle, et cetera. So I, that's my one pitfall with the entire pickup, but otherwise super, super stoked to see them in, in Fortnite. Hope that more orgs step up and, and do some stuff in Fortnite because honestly it's right for the taking right now. I, I like the separation of the brands because of how, Fortnite and like general esports is genuinely looked at as a meme and it's a brand risk for a team like <laughs> legit for a, for an that's organization true. like Dignitas that's been around for 20 years just about two decades and they started in the most hardcore esports like niches that you can start out of League of Legends Counter-Strike Dota like we're talking about the again the the pinnacle of what competitive is viewed as and what the model's been built after um, those titles they come to Fortnite and just looking at their banner they've really embraced this whole hip new cartoony theme they put the logo into the word Fortnite right so it allows them to take branding like go all in and I think that's kind of what you need if you're an org from the outside looking in look at G2 I think as a great example as a team that tried to fit into Fortnite but like if you go to any of the G2 stuff when they promote like anything Fortnite related it gets like trashed on and like the G2 <laughs> brand is like kind of serious. It sort of maybe can fit in the realm of Fortnite. Cause you know, 
Fortnite is like whatever you want it to be. But yeah. let's be honest, it's more lighthearted overall as far as the theming goes. And that's not like what G2 is. They're like rock and roll and they do like this very particular kind of mean boys thing, right? This very, we are comp thing. And it doesn't quite fit the Fortnite narrative. So I think it's in Fortnite, a very unique, you know, in very unique circumstance. This is the, um, the exception, not the rule. It might work in Fortnite to create the brand and separate it out. Because I think there's a brand liability for someone like Dignitas to try to, you know, build this Fortnite audience. Sure. Um, but I also wanted to touch on their announcement video. May 2nd, they dropped this super highly, like, snap together video, um, mainly focusing on P God and Miro. And then, like, Dukes kind of gets thrown to the side with this very low budget announcement version. Why not take all three of them and put them, like, in? I'm so mind blown by this because when I saw it and then I saw Dukes announce, I thought, okay, yes, you signed two superstars. But the whole point of this third, like, bubbling fantastic player is to get him to superstar level like you want him to see him succeed and i feel like he wasn't set up to succeed already out the gate like i think he should have been a part of the announcement video and this would have dude he would have gained so much fans from p god interest and miro interest who is dukes right that funnel would have been crazy and i feel like he was left out and they've already kind of segmented the stars and like this this maybe right here and that lack of investment into Dukes, in my opinion, is is kind of poor on Dignitas. I hope we see more, though. Maybe, hopefully, right? They build on that because yeah. it's almost like saying, yeah, he's got the three-month contract. Let's see how it works. Like, that's how I see it. Like, let's not put too much into him yet. Why not put everything and, into all of them? Yeah. And, and I, a quick note before I throw it to Gun, I, I do want to say I have a feeling that the Duke signing came after the Miro P-God signing. It had to. And 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 that's what caused that separation because uh, if you if you look even like like the way that Miro and P God were setting up the fact that they were joining an org started earlier than Dukes mm -hmm. setting up that he was joining an org so that's what leads me to believe that that the signings were kind of separate right and and it just didn't line up accordingly and they tried to make it work but i agree with monster they should have just reshot everything and put all three together but gum what are you thinking so I think it's just a logistics thing, right? You had to get P God and Miro in the same place. You had them in LA and then you mm -hmm. had to get Dukes in there as well. And FNCS started yesterday, guys, like you're not flying the players out during the season. That's just not happening. So you're running out of time. And if they couldn't have this all happen in, in place, like what you said, Panda, where P God and Miro, that was the announcement. Dukes came along afterwards. Okay. Then, how are we all getting them all back out to LA? And then that's what another huge investment, not huge, but another several thousand dollars to even just get them all out there and reshoot this. I mean, it's probably the best they could do with given the time frame they had getting pushed up announcing on the day of FNCS. So that that's my thought of it. And I also want to give a shout out to 50. I, I have a, with him being part of this team now, he definitely had a huge hand in getting Miro and uh, P-God on Dignitas. Like, there's just no way he was not fully hands-on reaching out, trying to find the right place for these guys. And you know, based on what I've seen from 50, he's he's not a hands-off guy. He works with players, helps them develop their brand. He is going to make sure this works for everybody. And let me add to that real quick. Wasn't, wasn't Miro, P-God, and Dukes all at the NRG event? Yep, 
they were they all did go to the NRG event. They've been playing creator series as mix and match kind of players. So there's again, like you said, I, I like that you pointed that out. It started a little earlier before the announcement. Like, all right, let's they're already starting to play together and we're seeing these these teams come together. Um, you know, maybe you guys are right, and I'm being a little too harsh on Dignitas. You know, of course there's logistics involved, but I'm talking <laughs> You know, to, when you want to be the most effective, I mean, that's just what I'm. That's what I'm thinking about, right? Like, I'm thinking about yeah. how do you succeed in this space, and you got you got to do it right. And usually, you want to come out the game strong, and you want to continue that momentum. This is one of those instances where, yeah, it could have been better. I don't think it was bad by any means. The films, the shots, everything is great. You touched on picking up fifty. Fifty is phenomenal. Um, like you said, he does more than just you know. I'm gonna walk you through how to play this game or whatever. It's more like. Yeah, he builds a relationship with you, you know. Him and P are like best of friends. They hang out regularly. They have a relationship, you know, like a, a great, healthy, friendly relationship. And um, that, I think, builds a mentorship. And he's a young guy for the most part, right? He's learning how to grow himself. Um, so it, it's kind of cool that I think they get to uh, build character together. And that's a, that's really what, like, these guys and, and these young kids need, right? Mentorship, guidance. Um, and it's good that 50's kind of taken on that role and he's continued to find success. Yeah, and one other thing, wasn't 50 with Miro at, at TNA when he won his yeah. first FNCS? 50 so like, found, like, he he recognized early, like, hey, Miro's amazing, Day's amazing, reverse 2K. Like, that was all, like, 50 basically said sign these guys. He was the driving factor behind that um that player acquisition and pickup. Uh, he did the same thing when, I think it was Team Extra, helping them put together their bomb roster of endless. like I think endless. Endless, endless, endless. Sorry, yeah. endless. Yes, endless. But that was the same thing too, right? He's like, hey, get Miro, get P God, get that was that was already the beginnings of him, um, you know, looking out for the people that he believes in, and now we continue to see that. So, you know, his success becomes their success and vice versa, which is really really cool. Yeah, I love seeing someone invest in the space that's trying to help these these young people grow in their lives and doing so in the right way because we've seen a lot a lot of the other um but yeah i mean both of them were on endless now both on dignitas tna or before that it's really cool to see someone doing right by these players um we got a few more topics of uh you guys got nothing else on dignitas yeah i'm good no no definitely right. we can we can continue to cycle through i mean where do we want to begin we got we got two kind of hot ones coming in here oh boy, um, oh boy. <laughs> We'll begin with what's listed out. There's been... This is kind of interesting. So people essentially have been getting banned for, again, what looks to be gambling. Now, I'll be honest. I'm a little exhausted on this topic and how silly it is to <laughs> to go live and basically use these creative and clever word workarounds as if they're playing uh, you know, the cat and mouse, essentially. But gambling and wagering in Fortnite is against terms of service guys you cannot put real life currency or any kind of currency on the line and compete for it against another player it's just a form of gambling and unfortunately with this very young audience they've been exposed to wagers and this type of um you know revenue driver if you will because that's the, really the only reason why you do it right you want to make some money and it, it took the scene by storm a long while ago and epic cracked down on it um, they also then implemented rules like, hey, your supporter creator, you cannot, you know, charge people or uh, make people buy into your supporter creator with outside subscriptions, et cetera, for additional perks, wherever that may be. So you can't monetize your supporter creator other than letting people know to use it. So there's a lot of rules involved. 
when you got signed up for supporter creator and it kind of all trickles into this one category but what we had happen here essentially was a wave of people i think getting reported in this instance and then getting banned for some lengthy bans yeah the the bans are multiple months one that i'm looking at is 43 days that was posted by Cade. the other one is 29 days i believe it was basically a 30-day ban so these are long bans both of them say gambling they state the rule wagering players shall not conduct or promote betting wagering or gambling on the event or any portion thereof or benefit either directly or indirectly from betting wagering or gambling on the event or any portion thereof essentially what fortnite's saying you cannot use our game to gamble wager whatever you want to call it you can't do that within fortnite and this used to be a huge thing, especially in other games. It is a huge thing. Call of Duty wagers are huge. Call of Duty kill races are huge. And it's it's spilled into Fortnite, and at the early days, that was also a thing. But you got to be smarter now. Come on, man. You can't call it token and then just pretend like you're not <laughs> doing the exact same thing that was told to not do just because you're calling it something else. Well, and to add to that, Cade's ban actually didn't necessarily say wagering. It said like uh, toxic um, communication, like something a little different, but it was like what happened was it was Swifty, Loop Boy Swifty and Cade were doing wagers and tokens as they called them. Right. And, and it caused it caused the issue. Like I had a whole like I retweeted his post about it. And I was like, look, it, Epic is actioning this. Please be careful, guys. I had people comment underneath. Why do you hate wagers? They aren't even gambling. It's a skill. Click one, 100 in a row, salty old man. Like, somebody <laughs> said that to me. I'm not going to say that that was SBG, but somebody said that to me. But no, on a, on a more serious note, I literally got underneath ratio for tokens. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. I got, um, there was another one. I don't, oh, what else are we supposed to do? I don't know. Play Fortnite? play fncs like there's a ton of other things you can do like literally there i think there's more game modes within fortnite and creative than probably most games on the market right now so and i'm sure you can find something else to do and just one more thing not only do you not get to play in this competitive season you don't get to play in the next competitive season directly afterwards and that's something that people are forgetting um one of the rules if you got banned in the previous season you don't get to play the next comp season either it's just part of the punishment essentially so yeah, you, you really don't want to catch a ban right now leading into the summer. You know, like, like this is the hottest time, I think, for the game. It's This is the bubble point, right? This is where things really start to get exciting, and then you lead into the summer where we already know Epic's always going to have something cool up their sleeve, and it should it should be pretty crazy with the announcements to come. Um, I, too, decided to, you know, take a, take a tweet at this one. Uh, my tweet hit some kind of virality, I think, within a space, about 1,000 likes or something like that. Uh, several people co-tweeting it. 50-something comments, but I just said, I hate to laugh at the idea of people getting banned for this, but let's be honest. How long do you thought playing for, quote-unquote, tokens was going to last with the the laughing face? And um, naturally, some people were not happy about it. And uh, But, like, what are you going to do? Like, this is, it's it's silly. You should know better. And if you're a creative warrior, if you're a, a wagering player, I mean, it was really only a matter of time. And... Some of the big pros are lucky. Like I said, I think this is the result of some manual bans, but with how this hit the space in the scene, 
other people are nervous. If anything, they're lucky mm. their community didn't um, dislike them as much as maybe Cades or whoever who got reported <laughs> because someone was pretty salty that reported them and they probably just attached a video clip proof and that was all it took because that's really all it takes. Yeah. yeah. You got to be really smart too. Like rematch literally got taken down from Epic games for doing wagers on their site. And now this new site tokens showed up and it's like, Oh yeah, this isn't going to be a problem. And they think, that, Oh, we're going to circumvent the rules. No, eventually you will face the same fate just like what happened previously. And what, what I really hope happens is people heed this warning because it's not a mass ban of anyone that's ever done wagers. This is a massive red flag now to anyone. And you are, you, you are beyond dumb if you are wagering <laughs> anymore. And especially <laughs> if you're doing it on stream. Because yeah. everyone has just seen what has happened. And Epic is willing to take action. So if, if you're a competitive player that's making $10,000, don't be wagering on stream for $0.50. Cents. Like that, that, that is just nonsense. 50 tokens. Um, Oh, sorry. I'm with you. And to talk about rematch, yeah, they got issued a cease and desist from Fortnite. That, that's really what it's called. Epic Games issues a cease and desist. You have to literally shut down your operations um, or face their legal team, which, I mean, they have the money to fight Apple, guys. So there's nothing you're going to do about it. Uh, and, and they came out moderately successful in some in some way of the world. They They won a portion of it, maybe lost the rest, but hey, it is what it is uh either way that that's a big thing happening in the space definitely one of the headliners another headliner to hit the space um was very interesting tna's joe quinn uh went out of his way to tweet that box fight champions a tournament organizer ran by the fortnite guys someone who ran or began in the fortnite space as a news and drama outlet essentially uh was not paying players for participating in their tournaments i'm gonna just go ahead and read his tweet and then we'll kind of give you guys the the, I guess the development of this story, but his initial tweet was, so I am finding out that at Boxfight Champ owes thousands of players, uh, two players that compete. They have sponsors putting up thousands in streams generating ad and sub-revenue from players who have not gotten their prize money. Why haven't they gotten paid? Now, the thing about TNA and Joe Quinn or Kirsch, these guys are quick to go to social media. We remember covering this whole thing with the TNG organization crypto who owes them half a million dollars which i think is still an ongoing there, dispute. there's an update on that by the way I oh don't know great oh, we'll, we, we can we'll talk get about to that, that afterwards yeah yeah but point being you mess with them their players their organization their reputation it strikes the cord and i think it's their ego it comes out and they're ready to take this you know public front and center and that's why we had this tweet come out and they did that before of course addressing they could have easily shot a DM over to someone, but they just did it publicly. Luckily, it was resolved. It does turn out that Fortnite guy was like, hey, listen, the guys that run this stuff, all the asses for some tax information. So basically, hey, if you're a kid, most kids don't even know how to fill out a W-9 or probably think it's a scam or something. So they won't do it anyways. Or you know what? Better yet, they don't know how to use a DocuSign. They haven't quite created a signature yet. So... It makes sense as to why some people maybe weren't played, paid, and it could be on the players, you know, as far as their liability. But I mean, hard for me to believe because I've had my own like little run-ins with BFC and that organization. 
I casted for them once. They owed me thousands of dollars, essentially. And I had to ask multiple times to get paid. And I was like, hey, guys, like, you know, not that I need this money, but it's a matter of principle. You need to pay me. I did work. And it took a little, a little longer than what I would like because if I drop an invoice, I mean, you have the information, right? It should just get handled. Like, you don't hire someone if you don't have the money, essentially, right? So yeah. that, that's what I'll say on that. I'm defensive because I know how slow they can be, basically. But it is interesting either way because, you know, no player should be having to, you know, fight for a couple bucks that they earned. Like, they literally provided all the entertainment. I think you have to respect that. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, I think the whole situation, like, it even sh- it even took me off, right? I saw Joe Quinn's um, post, and I retweeted it, and, like, you know any fan of the podcast has been a fan of the podcast for a while knows that my disdain for the Fortnite guy is real right that i have wanted nothing more than to get in a boxing i was gonna say that's a boxing duke it out with this dude (laughs) for as long as i've been on this podcast right so funny And, and, and that stems from like stories that i've never talked about publicly that players have like told me and stuff but like literally just the guys give me this vibe so instantly if i if i see that right like i'm gonna react um, but it's also like it really is principle. Same thing with Joe Quinn. Like when you're taking advantage of these young kids, like it is just not okay, right? And, and maybe maybe there's not clear enough instructions for someone that is maybe 14, 15, 16. Like, look, it, you know what your demographic is. Maybe find a better solution for this now that this has happened. Regardless, though, like this this doesn't even compare, right? I retweet this, and people are posting underneath. Oh, you think this is bad? You should see his NFT scams. You think this is bad? He tried to sign me to his org for $100 a month and take 50% of my my earnings. And and mind <laughs> you, the pro that wrote this has made almost 30 grand. So imagine 50% earning loss. But regardless, like these things these things spark other issues within people, so we need to be careful about how we like even me someone that that may not be the biggest fan of the Fortnite guy i need to be careful about like how i put a story out or how i retweet something because it can have repercussions in itself and spread misinformation that's the last thing i want to do yeah i mean it it is true and you know i've met the Fortnite guy i i genuinely think like as a person like his non on-air persona and this you know character he's built like kind of like team star he plays this drama uh persona like i think he's a cool guy but again it's those weird interactions there's still some level of hey you got to enjoy doing this and like i mean i i wouldn't want to do that kind of stuff right um but either way neither here nor there this is just one of those things that could be true and now we could just be seeing someone trying to cover themselves right so uh, i i'm very much defensive about this one that's going on um i hope the players get paid as someone who runs tournaments like I have been on every side of the fence in this kind of situation. And all I'm saying is you don't hire someone if you don't have the money. So if you it's like, you know what I mean? Pay the people that you need to pay. Cause the money's definitely there. If the client's paying for it, these are fully sponsored and backed events. Right. So there quite literally is no excuse, but at the same time, I absolutely agree. I can't pay you if I don't have my tax information in line. Like that is something that actually has to get, uh, you know, sorted and get in front of as well so um i think as an organizer you got to be careful and maybe we need like more disclaimers and and things like that in place so there could be some 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 missing uh pieces of uh, information or at least a part of that ecosystem 
the way things are getting organized over there. But that was uh, that was definitely a big one. And like I said, I, I want to hear more about this TNA story you had though. You, you talked about no, there okay. was a development there. What say, what exactly I, happened? We have two quick stories to add to the end of this podcast before we wrap it up. This one being uh, Kirsch tweeted out. Um, where is it? Let me pull up this this lovely little tweet where he says um, he so he had tweeted out talking about like how the project was having issues, which speaking to MTG and part of those issues uh, started after the Fortnite guy left. Like there's some stuff there and it looks like he tweeted and that now has deleted a tweet directed at crypto yet again. And he was stating that he's like, Hey, just to let everybody know crypto still doesn't pay me forehead like like continuing this narrative online and crypto said your lawyers literally said to take the agreement that i presented to you and and not talk about it on social media and here we are talking about it on social media so it's clearly deleted so the legal teams probably got involved and were like listen stop this take it off social media again like we're done with this so that's the little update to the curse story. That happened within the last 24 hours. And I should have screenshot it. It's my fault. I should have known that that would either A, get deleted, or it would it would get, something would happen of it. So my fault for not screenshotting that sooner. But something along those lines was tweeted by Kirsch and crypto responded immediately. So we got to be mindful of that stuff. Yeah, you know, it kind of sucks. I bought an MTG or whatever, like when it first kicked off. I was like, yeah, I'll support them. This seems like it could be something. And I just didn't keep up with it. So... I'm one of the guys you kind of want holding your projects. I'm the real holder, guys. I'm not the yeah. guy who sold for cheap or whatever. But it sounds like I got scammed too then, which now I'm kind of upset. <laughs> well, I didn't realize. On, but now the, I the guess project, I <laughs> the, the project, look, look to, to be fair to them, right? Panda, did I get scammed? Doing, no, no, no. So, so to be fair to Kirsch, he's still putting in a lot of effort on the project. So it's not like some of these other projects where like all these influencers get involved they they create it and then you never hear from them again. It's just done, right? Like at least Kirsch is still trying to do stuff with MTG, so props to him on that part. But like, but uh, it it definitely started to to suffer a little bit with uh, the Fortnite guy leaving, and it caused way more issues than it did good for sure. Interesting, interesting. I have to I have to look into that. I thought, and I still think to this day, the NFT space is very very unique. It's it's surely the future in some capacity. Um, we're in the earliest stages though projects are going to die everywhere almost yeah. everything's going to burn that that's for sure until we get to uh what will be the real thing and how this works and functions in today's day and age uh but i i think the technology is um surely going to be some part of the future i mean it's pretty clear why all the blue chip brands are trying to get in it and understand the space as well it's very much the same reason why facebook has become the brand meta right and they're also adopting this technology and figuring it out and as you guys know facebook kind of runs the world secretly through their uh, advertisement and all the information they got. I don't know. It's it's Illuminati stuff, guys. Well beyond my, my <laughs> knowledge, but <laughs> I won't get into it. But um, anyways, that, that was this week's episode, man. A lot going on, guys. Uh, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, Fortnite is going crazy. Big changes happening before the season kickoff. And now we have the season kickoff, and we have a wild, again, unique and interesting road to qualify to finals so that's all gonna play out for the first time and we're sitting front row seats to kind of watch that play out then of course um the changes to the game right like i said these changes are also playing out right now and looking beyond that 
The community is going to be the community. There's always going to be something new happening. Team Dignitas enter into the space is cool. I want to see what the OG, like a real successful brand can do now that they jumped in and they, for the first time, parsed out Fortnite from the real brand, making a new brand. I think this is the first time we're seeing a big, big, big org take that much dedication. And that could be the difference in going all in and watching how a real established organization can do it. So that excites me. Um, Leave it there, though. Panda, hit your projects. What are you working on? Where the people can find you at home? I see the amazing-looking sign behind you. Like, <laughs> it's here. We've been waiting years for it. What's up? Uh, I'll be back to creating content and streaming in June. Um, no, but on a, <laughs> on, a, on a quick note, uh, I had some ISP issues. For some reason, it, it I can, like, cast, right? But I can't stream. And I think it has to do with a lot of the programs that are running the whole entire studio itself. So uh, I'm working on that. But in a few weeks, uh, I've decided that I'm just going to get a different space. I've told the boys about it. So I'm going to be streaming from a different space. So I'll be making content still in May. But from the studio, it'll start in June. Cool. SMG. All right. Yeah. No, solid cast. Also, just a quick little shout out. Um become legends they always seem to be doing like new and cool stuff uh what they did around the media day was pretty pretty awesome um and if you guys want to find me somebody's gone uh yeah a little side tangent right there but i just remembered that something popped up on my feed i was like oh that was actually pretty cool and i don't think we mentioned it so yeah awesome show boys yeah definitely fun as always guys send all your complaints to me at monsterdface at gmail.com oh no man i did that again at fortnitepodcast at gmail.com. Don't, don't send stuff to that most email, guys. Don't worry. Uh, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. It's been a fun one. I, I don't really know if I'm up to anything special this week other than closing out the creator series then leading into FNCS finals. But follow me on Twitter to keep up with all the random stuff that I'm always working on. Either way, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.